Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. New Year's resolutions are just hard to keep up with, but saving money is easy at SaveWithConrad.com. Wouldn't 2022 be easier with lower monthly payments? Get the best rate you've ever had, pay off your credit card debt, and even get the cash you need right now at SaveWithConrad.com. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to get started, and you can even skip your next two house payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. And of course, we can't do it without our Hall of Fame duo. Up first, Mr. Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you, man? Well, like a sore when you can't beat it. <laughs> and of course, Diamond Dallas Page. DDP, how are you, dude? Like the shirt says, unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, unstoppable, baby. Let's rock it, man. Uh, you know, Connie, today I'd like to. Um, because we got a special guest here uh, that we want to bring on towards the end. We don't really do that, but he just happens to be here at the DDP Yoga Performance Center, and he was was going to uh, film something. So yeah, we already uh, filmed. We already done his autographs and took pictures with him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll do. Let's let's start off with the heels today, and then we'll yeah. we'll end with our guest. I like it. So where we left everything off was uh, episode three, Cheap Heat. We first meet Ricky Rabies and. Now we're going to start easing into episode four, but, uh, let's put a bow on you episode know, three. You, you know, I want to go back and hit the end of three. Though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. What'd okay, you think? Cool. Um, you know, put over, like I say, if it's a spoiler already, if you haven't seen it, Tough go shit. back and watch it, you know, <laughs> and zip through this. If you, if you don't want to hear it, uh, want to give props to, uh, our boy CM Punk who did a hell of a job yeah. in, in that so show. Good I didn't even know it was him. Yeah, that, that's crazy. We, we talked about that because Jake and I don't, we watch it separately and then we don't talk about it until we get here. So I thought that was pretty cool. 
And it might sound like we're really like blowing these people like, oh, my God. So, no, we really feel this shit. We're not going to say anything. And there's certain times where we're going to throw a flag, you know, like, yeah, I don't really like how they did that. But, you know, for most of it, I think they're doing a hell of a job. So one of the things that I really dug that they um, that they got into was um, right in the beginning of three. Tom who is the father uh, is running and he's, you know, he's working out. You can see he's a stud. He looks like somebody from the, who could have been working in the eighties. He was really well. Uh, uh, they did really good casting with him. I'm um, doing me a favor. Look up his name. Uh, Connor, Cause I didn't get that. Sure. Um, but he, he I, I really like just how they brought him on. Mm-hmm. And then you see him working on the house and, you know, because he's got a real job back then, you know, he's independent wrestling. You got to have to, you, you ain't making a living just off your wrestling. And those guys back then were to a certain degree because it was a territory thing. But then you see him, you know, get in the house. He walks, walks in, he grabs a gun, walks out and blows his head off. And, Today, you think, well, he had suicidal issues or whatever. Well, today, this whole concussion thing, you know, we've heard so many of the NFL players, and you know they want to keep that as much under the rug as they could. The NFL fought it like crazy, you know, in the beginning, and then they had to concede, like, no, these guys got multiple concussions, and for a lot of them, it's screwed a lot of, like, Hall of Famers and and regular players out of it. So, you know, immediately made me think of Eddie Graham. You know, when I saw it, who used to run the Florida Territory. Uh, and w- what did you think about that, Jake? You know, when that happened, I, I just, I couldn't believe that. I, I respected that man. He was, he was God, you know, to me. You're talking so, about Eddie Graham? Eddie Graham. Yeah. He was just unbelievable, man. And, uh, and then to see this part on uh, heels acted out the way it was. I mean, for a brief moment, you wonder if it was the deer that he was going to shoot. Man, boom, he just turned around and dropped himself. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I wonder. Yeah, I, I'm sure the people there that are doing the show, they're going to fill in the backstory, of course. Right. Because they they've already proven that to me, that they are filling in the backstories where you get the real deal. You know, and I really think they're doing a great job on the show of doing that, not only with the father, but with everybody else. Right. And uh, that's what's turning me into a fan is I'm understanding why these people are the way they are. And uh, whether it's showing the jealousy from one of the wrestlers. Right. Who's not getting the push. Right. The rooster. uh, How he acts it out. Yeah, he's takes it out on somebody else, but uh, then brings it back. Uh, they're, they're doing a pretty damn good job on this show. I mean, um, oops, I'm a fan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I bit. Uh, I'm, the hook is that deep, and I'm not going nowhere. I can't wait till the next episode, which I'm going to watch tonight. And, uh, yeah, they're doing a great job, man. And, uh, folks, if you haven't watched the episodes, you, and, and you're still, if you, you've watched the episodes and you still aren't hooked, you need to check your pulse. You know, I might not be alive. Yeah, one, you know, one of the things I, I like too in, in that episode uh, four was um, the or episode three, where um, you had the kid, uh, you had Ace, 
and he's worked, you know, he, he wants to be a baby face because yeah. that's, he wants to be cheered, you know, and he hasn't really realized. He wants to be his dad. Right. You know, and he, but he, but no matter what, he from the football field and, you know, they dropped that pass. They, you know, you know, he could have been somebody, but he wasn't. And now he's this he's wrestler and he wants, he wants the accolations. He wants people cheering him. Yeah, he but, needs it. He needs it. But outside of it, he's a fucking asshole. He's a jerk, man. You know, he, he's, he's a real heel. A lot of times, as you know, that's that's the that's kind of some parts of our business because their egos got so big and yeah. then they don't have the time to do things. And it happens though to a lot of the guys, you know. Um and get lost I, in the lights, man. I, I liked how he uh was working the promo, mm. you know, and like they gave, you know, they it's still written out for him, you know, it's kind of like what they do, uh, you know, in the big time of it up in uh, up at the show in WWE, they write out your stuff and then guys who really know how to talk, they can adjust it to fit right. them. And that's what you see him doing. And this is where you really start to see crystal start. They start to be like, uh, she's really smart. She's the smart. One. Yeah. She's yeah, the smart so one. She understands. And like, he's a heel. Cause yeah, she's she around knows, him. She knows he's a heel. Yeah. And, uh, I kind of really liked how, how they, uh, how they played that. And then later on, you can see him in the show becoming nicer and he's more, he's embraced being an asshole yeah. to yeah. the people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I, I can remember me being as big an asshole as I could be on the which mic, huge. <laughs> which was huge. And people would meet me in the bar and they go, wow, you're nothing like that guy. I go, well, you know, I mean, I, I, I love be playing the bad guy. And a lot of the bad guys are the nicest, the nicest guys. guys. So, you know, baby faces are usually full of their shit. <laughs> they don't have time for you. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. This year, it's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom. Blue Shoe can help. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And guys, I've heard the lady say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, BlueChew can help give you that confidence you need where it counts. And if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free. 
and use our special promo code DDP snake at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com. The promo code is DDP snake to receive your first month free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank bluechew for sponsoring today's podcast. What would you think about that? Connie? No, I thought it was a good episode. And, uh, I, I did think the same thing you did about the whole Eddie Graham comparison. And I did find his name. The, the fellow who plays Tom Spade is David James Elliott. Uh, He's and good. He's yeah, good. great casting on this show. Um, and, and then we, we ease out of cheap heat and we get into episode four, which is cutting promos. And I, I love the names of these episodes. Just to recap yeah. episode one was yeah, kayfabe. Definitely. Episode two is dusty finish. Episode three is cheap heat. Episode four is cutting promos. Jake, what'd you think of episode four? I liked, uh, I've, like I said, I'm, I'm falling in, man. I'm, I'm hooked. So these guys are, are showing some of the backstage stuff that does happen. But some of the stuff you got to throw a flag on. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm going to throw a flag here on, on my favorite. My favorite ca- character is the Wild Bill character. Oh, he's the well, best. He's just like me. Yeah. Well, he's you. He's a, he's a little bit. He's a bunch. He's a couple of guys put together. If but he he's three but, inches taller, he'd be me. Yeah, he's he's a lot of you everywhere. He's like, <laughs> yeah, but he really takes it to a different level of being an asshole. And the confrontation and, with him and the lady. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, Willie. She uh, that was that was she really wild, out, man. Yeah, that that was really wild. Uh, how they they really stepped him up. Like like he's this. He's one of those guys, and and this happens in our business, and it happens in professional football, and it happens with people who are head of the DMV. You know, it's just a, you give someone too much accolade or too much whatever, they believe their shit, and and they feel like they have the right to be that. Yeah, and uh, but but he is, you know, the the, the deal where he's on the plane, oh. and he comes out and he's got the robe on. That would never happen. That would never happen in a million years on a regular flight. So right there, you guys, I'm throwing the, I'm, I'm throwing the flag. flag. <laughs> <laughs> it would never happen. And he never would have talked to anyone else again. He never would have talked the way he did to anyone in the office like that. Yeah. He would be immediately fired. Yeah. So I don't want people to think that's true because that's a bunch yeah, of shit. Yeah. So as you can see, what we don't agree with, we're going to come back and call it out. Call it what it is, man. Call it what it is. But uh, I am really buying the brothers now. Oh, yeah, I am Yeah, because, you, you know, it's it, it's not Cain and Abel. He's giving they, tough love. Yeah, it's tough love because um, Ace loves Jack. He's He was his protector. Yeah. He was he was his his big brother. And he cleaned big, up after the dad. Yeah, he cleaned up after the dad. And. And and that's why he does what he does, and he didn't have to do it the way he did it right. when he in that in that very first episode, you know why he you know humiliates him. Never really bought the crying thing either, like throwing the flag. There's, there would have been another way to do that, um, but it was it, it was setting up things that they had written, you know, to come. But uh, you know, I I do buy the the whole the brother thing and that Jack really, really cares about his brother, oh, he does. but he also cares more about the DFL than anything. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And the wife shows that too. Yeah. Big know. time, big time. 
you know, so uh, I think it's important that the people, you know, about the whole concussions thing, you know, I think it's really yeah. important that it's, they're, they're getting that message out there. Nothing funny about suicide, man. Nothing. You know, I've been there uh, in the past. I've considered that and even attempted it a couple of times and I failed. Well, you didn't Thank want God. to kill yourself because if you wanted to, you would. I would have shot my but yeah. I didn't. I took handfuls of pills and threw them up. Wasted drugs is not a good thing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so overall, four getting into four. I, I think the it's really it's it's now like I was saying last week. It's really becoming it's a it's it's a serious drama about family yeah, and absolutely. what happens. And, absolutely, you know, small town America, and uh, I think that uh, you know you're really starting to see the heart and soul, and that wrestling is just a little piece of it, and that's why I think they picked it up again. For another season. Hey, let's run a timeout right now. I want to give you a heads up. We're going to be talking about a lot of things here on the podcast that are going to make you feel better, give you that confidence, give you that peace of mind, move you in the right direction. We're all about positivity here on the show, but here's something I'm positive of. We're all adults and some of us use nicotine to relax, focus, or just unwind after a long day. Well, Lucy is a modern oral nicotine company. That makes the best nicotine gum lozenges and pouches for adults who are looking for the best, most responsible way to consume their nicotine. It's a new year. Why not start it out by switching to a new nicotine product that you can actually feel good about now growing up. And I'm sure eventually we'll get to Jake's testimony about smoking, but growing up, both of my parents were big smokers. I grew up hating it. It felt like we were really a slave to cigarettes. What car we went, whose house we went to, what restaurant we went to. And man, if we were in a public place, they'd have to go outside in the freezing cold to smoke. Come on. If you enjoy using nicotine, you should definitely check out Lucy's products at lucy.co. That's lucy.co and use the promo code DDP snake at checkout. Also, I have to read this disclaimer warning. This product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Of course, you already knew that. Uh, but remember, if you're interested in a better way to use nicotine, visit lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code DDP snake. What's interesting about the show to me is the family dynamic. You know, we talked about, you know, how Jack has all this pressure on him to keep the DWL going. And it was his dad's vision and dream. And his dad has committed suicide. And now the whole family's dealing with that. And we know the story of the Grams, where, you know, it wasn't just Eddie Graham, Mike Graham, unfortunately, you know, <clears throat> committed suicide as well. And that's an uncomfortable conversation, but you've also got that brother dynamic. And I just think that it's interesting that this entire show is really about family, whether it's your wrestling family, family, or your real life family with your, your wife and your brother and your dad. And I, I don't think we have a better opportunity to segue to a guest right now than one of the members of the most famous wrestling family of all. And it just happens to be today in Atlanta, Georgia at DDPY. Who's with us today, Dallas? Dave Crockett. Come on in here, on brother. In, Come on in. You got to, you got to bring your chair. All right. Slide him in. David's actually here at the DDP Yoga Performance Center. Cause you know, our other company is called Comeback Studios and we do you know, a lot of the filming for the backstage stuff, you know, the, if you see road to double or nothing, or, you know, Dylan Freimeyer is our, our head, uh, our head uh, uh, editor. We got a group of guys that come on and every week they're at the AEW thinking they're filming stuff. And so Tony Giovanni, who's here a lot as well, 
he brought in David. To, I guess you guys are going to do some, right. some interview or something, I'm don't sure. What? Don't, yeah. don't, <laughs> don't know. Because yeah. why would you? Yeah. Why would why, you? Why would I? I, I have so you could have yeah. been prepared. But, you know, you, they're just playing it safe. Wait a minute. You were talking about Mike Graham. I yes. have to tell you a story. He did not, he would not have the job that he had in Florida that hadn't been for my father. My father took him down and introduced him Cowboy Luttrell. Yeah. He's the guy yeah, that right. owned it. He owned it. And he said, here's the guy for you. Wow. And the rest is history. So you're saying Eddie Graham or Mike Graham? Eddie Graham. Eddie Graham. Eddie Sorry, Graham. Yeah, Graham. Yeah. Cowboy yeah. Luttrell owned that territory. Yeah. 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 I remember as a kid sitting out in a car sweating, waiting for my father to come out of the office, and he'd be up meeting with Cowboy Luttrell. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, Dusty, you know, who is my brother, long as with Jake, mm -hmm. uh, Dusty would always talk about Eddie. Yeah. You know, oh, and like, yeah. yeah. And he, oh, yeah. he liked yeah. Dusty because he became his, I guess, his junior booker or whatever right. in right. Florida Championship Wrestling. And that's where Dusty really learned everything he did. And he'd be the one to tell you, he learned it all from Eddie Graham. Yeah. Eddie you know? was his mentor. Oh, my right? God. Yeah. That Eddie, Eddie would, oh. Work, working for him was hard because he got the best out of him. Mm. And he would do it if you were qualified for that position. Mm. He would lay out a finish, which most of the time is just several moves, and then right. you do what you're going to do. He would lay out a finish that would be eight, nine minutes long. <laughs> the Holy thing is, crap. Though, he knew you could do it because he'd done it. Right, right. Yeah, so, he, you know, he wouldn't ask you to do no, no, anything no, he, he wouldn't do. He, exactly. Yeah. But he knew how to do it. Yes. And he would, by laying these finishes out, he would get the emotions put into it. Yeah. Right. He would get, I always said, there's too many, you ever heard the expression, there's too, uh, too many chiefs and not enough Indians? Yes. Right, yes. right, 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 right. As a booker. You're, you're taking care of the whole territory. So you've got to devise these or develop these characters. And sometimes guys just don't want to go that way or they don't know how to go that way or how to change. They feel like they're doing one thing. You don't ever want to do one thing. You get stuck in a rut. Right, right. right. And it's not, it's not new. It's not refreshing. Right. It's not exciting. But Eddie Graham would give you these finishes it would make you a better wrestler, a better performer. Plus, he'd get you to buy into it. Absolutely. That become that character. Oh, my God. You know, that, okay, he, he would make you uh, feel you know, that move, whatever it's going to come yep. about, and he'd let you know what's down at the end of the tunnel, and you go, aha. Aha. You yeah, always aha. have the aha moment. Yeah. Now, he's the one that told me when he would lay a finish out, he would not watch the match. He would listen yes. to the match. Right. Did, and he right. would tell you, uh, they missed a spot. What do you mean? There should have been a pop there, or there should have been a oh there. Right. Oh. What the hell did they do wrong? So when they come back for the ring, he said, what did you guys miss? Well, that one spot, we, we, we missed that one. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> and he's, it's absolutely the truth. I know later on, whenever I started booking and, and designing finishes and stuff, I could sit in the back and listen and know when it went well and when it didn't. And where what they had missed, right? And, and it's incredible insight into wrestling mm. because that's how you get the emotional hookup. I've always said that, you know, the, the lights and the, the pyros all great, but 
man, there's nothing like watching two guys get out there and, and take a match for 20 or 25 minutes and, and take the people on that roller coaster. And that's what they pay for. They want to go on that roller coaster. They they want the aha moments. They want the oh my god moments. Right. They want to be surprised. I've always said that wrestling was like sex. Mm. You mm. don't want to go to do your best move first. <laughs> if you do, it's going to be a short run, folks. Oh yeah. It'll be like a rabbit. Yeah. It'll be like me going out in DDT and the guy the first move in the match. Yeah. You don't do that. That's stupid. You save it for the end. You know, and uh, that's what they taught me. Well, Jake, it reminds me of a show that's on TV now, The Voice. They sit, they don't look at the person. Mm-hmm. They just listen to listen. the person sing. And from that, they have to visualize. Right, what they would be like. Right. Yes. Yeah, right. That's, that's good. And that's that's, that's, a, great, that's a great analogy. That's a great analogy. And, and that's why they did that, right. because it was all about being pretty and blah, yeah, blah, blah. Like, right. no, you go back to what we grew up with, the three of us grew up right. with, because we're all in our 60s. Yeah. You know, the three of us grew up with real rock and roll. Yes. Real, like the best music Ever. You didn't even know what the people looked like. They were musicians. They were musicians. They were their voices, the, the stories they sang yeah. about. Yeah. You know? And they didn't have all the power techniques. No, and, uh, didn't need it. <laughs> but that's where I've always said that you take the power and all that stuff away from some of the guys now and you don't have a whole lot left. But you have by, by the way we wrestled, we did not hook you up visually. We hooked you up emotionally. We got you tied to the character. Emotional highs last forever. Right. Visual highs, you start looking for the next pop 10 seconds later. I want to see something else. Your mind does. Yeah, it's it's that quote. I can't remember who said it was a black woman very a long time ago. She said, they may not remember who you are or what you said but they'll remember the way you, you made them feel. That's it. Yes. You know, that's that emotion. That's the, that's what you remember. Right. You, you know, want, that's you want them leaving the arena or the Coliseum drained emotionally. You know, they, they, they can be dejected. They can be happy, but the thing is they're satisfied. And right. right. Yeah. They're satisfied. Or they're pissed off. Without the hook, uh, yeah. somebody's going to be hurt. <laughs> so what a great segue. I didn't yeah. even know that. That was oh, a great yeah, segue, yeah. you coming in and, and bringing it up there. And also, I'd be remiss if Michael Graham, who had, right. and would also was one of a very, very good friend of mine. And That's like he brought guy. me into Florida Championship Wrestling. When if I sent him a videotape, and I'd already met him because my on, on my way to do the show, I was managing back then. Right. And my, I got my Diamond Dolls in the back. I got my buddy Rock Hard Rick with me. Got the 62 Pink Cadillac driving from Fort Myers to Tampa and around Venice. It dies. And that's you were a manager. And that's yeah. where I yeah. started with it. And I and I made the shot. Yeah. Got to meet Mike because we had talked earlier about when he wanted to bring me in to work with Bad Company. And then now it's maybe five months later and I've sent him a tape and this is all crazy. This is coming about like this. 
WC, there is no WCW. There's the NWA, there's Crockett Territory, there's Watts Territory, there's territories all over the country still, but they're going away because WWE is taking big talent. And um, I know that Ted Turner Turner wanted to buy the WWF, but Vince wouldn't sell it to him. So that's where you guys come in. Well, two and plus. Ted Turner and Vince McMahon are so much alike. Oh, it 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 would be an atomic bomb. Oh yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. There's going to be one. And so we came in, bought it, and we basically financed the first WrestleMania. That's what we did for Vince. How now? Give give that to me. All right. So so again, we paid Vince right for TBS. Oh, so you paid Vince then, to get that? Yes. Right. To and it was, you need to do this because it's just not working. And we realized for us to survive that we needed to do that. You know, we didn't have a national springboard. So you were trying, you're going to TBS to take that spot. Right. But you guys were red hot right before that. Yes, we we were. And so it, it made sense for us to do that. And and but that also financed the first WrestleMania. And so we had TBS, he had WrestleMania, right. but that helped us. We started just going gangbusters off of TBS, yep. and we had 82 syndicated shows that we were sending out everywhere. Matter of fact, we even now are you uh, WCW then? Well, we, still NWA. Jim Crockett promotions. NWA. Okay, that's what I thought. I yeah. just want to make sure they understand yeah. that. We're still NWA with Jim Crockett Promotions. Right. And we promoted in LA off of TBS. Right. And we'd sell out there. And yeah. we would just make forays out just to sort of keep everybody. Question honest. Is yes. Dusty booking then? Dusty is booking some. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it was a combination of several different, you know, you had, when we did that, you had Georgia Championship Wrestling, which was Oli. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah that's so, who I work for. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole new movie. <laughs> what are you waiting for? Hurry up and go to SaveWithConrad.com. Hurry up and start saving money. That's what we're talking about. Keeping more of your own money. That really is what we do at SaveWithConrad.com. How's this for starters? No house payments for two months. And when it comes time for you to start making payments two months from now, it's going to be the best deal you ever had. You see, not only are we going to get you the best interest rate you ever had, we're also going to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. Now you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this, but if you're in a 30 year loan, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much. And I'm sure you know, by now your house is worth more than ever before. Why not use that newfound equity to get rid of your private mortgage insurance? That PMI, as we like to call it, could save you hundreds of dollars each and every month, and you could be paying it unnecessarily. Stop giving your money away. Get rid of your PMI. Get the best rate you ever had. And hey, if you've got credit card debt, what are you doing? The average interest rate is over 19% on credit cards in America, and you know you can do better than that. Plus, the interest you pay on a credit card is not tax deductible. So not only can we get you a better rate, but a greater tax deduction too. If you can get a lower monthly payment and a greater tax deduction, and save tens of thousands of dollars by paying your house off faster, why wouldn't you? Hurry, find out how much money you can save for free at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, 
And that's right. Don't forget, skip your next two payments at savewithconrad.com. Time to tell you about something I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes, this is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes, and you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle, hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. And Jake, you had been on TBS for a while through Georgia. Tell everybody it's hard to think back now, you know, when we didn't just have every wrestling show in our phone, right? But the reality is back then folks only had a handful of channels and now this superstation comes on WTBS and Georgia championship wrestling just happens to be at the right place, right time. And you're one of the first benefactors of that, right? Absolutely. Yes. I, mean, yes. I, yeah. I got a hell yeah. of a push in there. Uh, Jerry Briscoe was mm-hmm. a part owner. Jack was too. Yeah. And Ole and several others. And, uh, when I got the job, I'd been working for you guys in Charlotte, right? And Jerry talked to me in Charlotte and said, look, just go to Georgia and start working. Something's going to happen. We want you to be the booker. I was floored. Mm. I was floored. What? Me? And because uh, I spent a lot of time in the car with him. They thought I had a good head for it. So I went to Georgia, started just wrestling. And uh, Buzz Sawyer was the booker at the time. <laughs> Because he was Oli's boy. Yeah. And I, uh, Jerry come in and I'm wrestling Jerry in the Omni. And I'm waiting for him to come talk to me before the match. And he's not anywhere. He's meet, in a meeting with Oli and all the others. And I'm like, oh my God, what are we going to do out there? Oh, <laughs> Jerry first, oh my God. I'm, oh, I'm, How old are you now, Jake? Oh, 27, 28. But you, but you're, you're on, you're on fire at this point. No, no. I just, this was my first big break. Oh, the, oh, so this is the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but you can work. Oh, I can work. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I meant by that. So, so uh, I go. I don't even have time to talk to him before the match. We go to the ring. I'm like, holy, what am I going to do? Mm. He's not talking to me. <laughs> and we're wrestling. We're wrestling. And while he's got me in the hold, he goes, "You want the job? What?" Do you want the job? What job? Do you want the job? Yeah, do you want the job? <laughs> uh, yeah. He says, okay, here's how you get it. 
You asked for complete control. Okay. This is in the match. In the match. Yeah. In the ring. You got to win. You got to win a whole. Yeah, right. And he says, as for complete control, Ole's going to fight it, but you won't do it unless you have complete control over hiring and firing of the talent and directing television. Okay. Okay. I said, and then what? He goes, then DDT me. I said, what? DDT me. You're kidding. I couldn't believe he's going to do a job for him. I mean, I, this is this is a monster. Oh God! Moment. Oh, yeah. oh God! And you're finding this out the largest moment ever. Yeah, in the ring. In the ring. Like that's the crazy part of it. So I DDT him. Nobody can listen in. I cover. Right. <laughs> I cover him. One, two, three. I go to the back. I'm getting undressed. They said, Jake, get your ass in the office. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> so I go to the office and uh, Fred. Fred Ward. Fred Ward was in there. And oh my God. Jim Barnett. Barnett was there. And they're all in there. And they're arguing. They want one group wants uh, Gary Hart to be the booker and only wants <laughs> Buzz. And so basically, I get it by default. Hmm. They both cancel each other out and I get it. But you should have seen Ole's face when I said, I won't do it unless I have complete control. Several F-bombs happened. <laughs> I thought he was coming over his desk after me because he crawled on top of his desk <laughs> with one knee. Right. And I'm like, God damn, man. Come on. <laughs> I like, he could be intense. Oh, he was very, very intimidating, man. <laughs> but see, I'd had a taste of Bill Watts, <laughs> and I knew what that shit was about. Smoke up your ass. And uh, I stuck <laughs> with it, and I got it. Now, here's the rib that I used to play on Ole. It drove him insane. Every week, I'd go to the office, which I did not need to do, but you're required to. Right. And on Thursday or Friday, he'd start, well, actually, he'd start on Wednesday. What are you doing on TV this week? So it's a secret. God damn it, I want to know what you're doing. You're not pulling this shit with me. You know, and he keep me, every day he's on my ass about it. Finally, on Friday, as I'm leaving the office, I would give him a bullshit lineup that made no fucking sense at all. That was just, what the fuck is this shit? And he, as I, I'd leave, I could hear him screaming, get here. And I'd just keep going. And then, of course, I'd come to TV the next morning and I'd lay out the real sheet. Right, right. And uh, it just really pissed him off and aggravated the piss out. How long did this last? It lasted a few months. I did really well at it. And we, uh, I after I after I fired the top three baby faces, no kidding. Yeah. Who were who were who? The Sawyers mm -hmm. and Tommy Rich. Really? Yeah, yeah. Tommy actually quit before I could fire him. How old was Tommy then? Oh, I don't know, brother. Thirty. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Tommy had been hot, but that had passed, and uh, there was an incident in the Omni with Buzz and him having a match and they were both so drunk. Mm. No. Yeah, imagine that. Yeah. They could barely walk. And they went in there in a strap match. And it was literally bullshit. The fans were so upset. Tommy got on the microphone and started crying. I don't love y'all anymore. You don't love me. All I need is me a Budweiser. And I got my only friend. And, you know, just, it was horrible. Mm. So I, I said, you got to go, bro. I, said, well, I didn't actually fire him. I said, look, man, I'm not going to use you in the Omni. 
or in the Georgia territory. You're burnt. We need to get you out of there for a while. But I will book you out to other territories so you can still make your money. Mm-hmm. Fuck, it was perfect. He could wrestle two days a week and make the same money as working seven. But he, he didn't want any part of that. Like that. Screw you. You can't. They're not going to let you fire me. I said, brother, you're out of here. And he was. So I had to do something for baby faces. So I immediately heated up Ronnie Garvin. Right. Uh, did the Hand to Stones oh, video, yeah. right. which was one of the first videos put out there. Yeah. And where I learned that was his place. Uh, they had a truck, and I went and created a video in there. And uh, they didn't know about it. They were <laughs> happy. Wayne about Daniel. It. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We did a hell of a video, though, and I used it at the Georgia Championship Wrestling, but that was my first huge, huge break. And, and we, I think we, I've got a bill here. Oh, well, my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Talk to Conrad. <laughs> he runs the show. Yeah, he runs the show. I have got a dime. I got two ex-wives, three ex-wives. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, it was it was that was my standing on the tower moment, if you will. One of my first standing. The, the, not, not not the first. The first was in Vancouver, but getting that job and being able to create. I've always loved teaching other wrestlers. Dude, when he, when he told me, I would say, Jake, how am I going to repay you? He would say, teach it somewhere else. Teach right. somebody else. That's what he would say. That's what we should do. That's what, that's what as that, human beings, we should do that for that fucking happen. everybody. That doesn't no. happen. And you know what the problem is today? These kids know it all before they get to you. Well, they think they know they, it. They think they, they yeah, haven't got yeah, a clue. They, they, think they, they don't know. have a clue. And they can work their ass off. These oh kids they can work their fucking ass off. They, fly, they, can, well, they, they die. can go through a routine, but but like you were talking about earlier with uh with Eddie Graham, they don't, make, they don't listen to there's the no emotion. They, you know, they go through a routine and that's it. So they, they want pop, I mean, pop, 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 pop. It don't happen that way, folks. The fans are sitting in a seat and they watch the match. They want to see that baby face come out on top. So the heel has to get him down a little bit in a position where he's been controlled. Now the fans are going to get with it. The baby face fights back, fights back. He heals him back down, pulling the hair, pulling the tights, whatever they do. And then he's going to come to his feet and start that comeback. One comeback in a big, in a match. That's all you need. But today it's a constant comeback by both guys. And all these, you don't know who the baby faces are. You don't even know who the heels are anymore. Well, the false finishes that they, they do are so phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I the, mean, I look nobody at, I should think, get up. Right, right. They, they shouldn't. And, you know? and all they're doing is exposing themselves as being phony wrestlers. I want to have you talked about who is supposed to be the leader? I know you're talking about heels. Yeah. Uh, no, we haven't got, we haven't every that. match, the heel is supposed to lead. Sure. Yeah. He's the matches. smarter guys. Yeah, he is lead all the way through. Yep. You let them do a little bit of what they do, yep. the baby face, yep. but then it's always the heel. And even if you let them win, you're going to get your heat back. Oh, absolutely. Right? I have yeah. my heat in the match. Yeah. And I was so impressed when I first watched you wrestle that, you know, every time you would wrestle, you always had a camera. Oh, you mean little, the gimmick guy? Yeah. He's the yeah. gimmick guy. Yeah. But he would have a camera taping <laughs> his match. A lot of people laughed at him for doing it. Yeah. 
but they're not laughing now. Yeah, but no, I and but he was the only one. He was the only one that had a camera there. And I I would, I would bring, I would bring those matches to Jake, and I, I have a bunch of them, you know. And he suffered through a lot of really bad (laughs) But also, also, what I would do with that. Me and Austin drove together a lot. Uh, and um, also to me and Nash and me and Raven mm-hmm. and me and Mick Foley. But we'd go after, because I didn't just film my match. When I was a, when it was a house show, I filmed everyone's, yeah. you know? So they all could see their match. And we'd get a couple of cases of beer and we'd sit and talk and just talk the business and talk psychology and come back to hope spots. The thing that's missing today is the camaraderie. That we had back then. It was, it was right. different. There was so much taught in a hotel room with a couple of cases of beer and watching those things. There was so much taught riding in a car right. for four or five hours. I mean, like you're together. You got to stay lot. awake. You got to right. stay awake. You don't want right. to. Nobody needs to go to sleep. So there's some people who know, and most of these people are watching. You've heard it, but when we fly into a town. We might wrestle there. But the next night, it's 100 or 200 or 300, or 300 miles away. Or even four. Well, then, yeah, uh, that in your day, yeah. yeah. In, in, early in fact, Bill Watts used to send a 600-mile trip yeah. every two weeks from Tulsa to New Orleans. Yeah, that's, that's a tough That's that's a tough ride. That's a couple cases of beer. No, that's, that's a, a couple. Well, never mind. Yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to say that. You know, and back then, you know, it was just a normal thing. You know, because it was had your beer cooled down. Right. But you know, when when you're a top guy, you got money, you got the big car. When you're a bottom guy, where I was, you know, I filmed everything my entire career. But when you're a bottom guy, it's four guys, two hundred and fifty pounds or bigger, right. in a mid-sized car. Yeah. You know, and yeah. the, the you got to get your bags in there. Yeah. And, I mean, it was, it, you couldn't be any more uncomfortable. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world because there's no, so many great memories great. that come out of that. And that's where you bond real relationships. And who was just talking to me about it? We well, think you were talking about, you know, about the young guys that are, they're coming, you know, it was almost me and Cody last night. I went to go see the Nightmare Factory um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about some of these young kids that they have. And like, he's like, hang out with those guys. Cause they don't really get the chance to they don't no. drive. No. So it's like, hang out with those guys, befriend those guys. Cause there's a lot of really amazing talent. And I think with Jake being around that his foot's back and be able to go back there. Cause the guys who really want to know, and it might be this next generation of guys that are coming up that want to know how I don't have to get up. I just took one of the most devastating bumps ever I don't have to get right up and do another one. Like, let me crawl to the rope and pull and let him get some heat. The anticipation of the act is what you want. But the bond. Because once you have the act done, it's over. Right, right. And the bonding, you know, always tell people, you know, it's it's, 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 it's not about who you know or who knows you. It's about who's willing to say they know you. And when you're bonding at those moments, you create those real friendships. Like without Kevin Nash, without Scott Hall, right. you know, without, you know, those two guys, because they're the two guys when they came back, we're like, why are you doing something with them? You know, and mm-hmm. I helped Scott Hall get his job and created the, the diamond stud look, which would become Razor Ramon, which he made millions of dollars with. 
And when Kevin Nash and I were bottom curtain jerkers as a tag team, you know, he's, his money went down and down and down. And he's like, I'm going back to bar business. And yeah. I'm like, no, you're not. He worked for my father. Yeah, well. yeah right. Yeah. He worked for the Cheetah. And uh, he ran, he was on a day crew. He was a day manager of that and made great money. Yeah. Made great money. And he was like, I'm going back to business. I'm like, no, you're not, bro. You're going to be one of the biggest stars in the world, bro. It's hard to you hang can't go. Man. But he did. You but he did. Fire in the belly. Yeah. The yeah. fire in the belly is going to determine if you can stick it out. Yeah. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash DDP snake. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. They'll allow you to connect in a safe and private online environment. It really is so convenient and you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. Send a message to your counselor anytime. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they've even got financial aid available. The service is available for clients worldwide. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to counselors located near you. By the way, licensed professional counselors are also there who specialize in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and even self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. It's affordable. And we recommend you check out their testimonials that are posted daily at betterhelp.com. And by the way, BetterHelp has been such a sensation and so helpful across all of America that they're now recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash DDP snake. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp. H E L P dot com slash DDP snake. That's better H E L P dot com slash DDP snake. And we thank BetterHelp for sponsoring today's podcast. All right, let's write a timeout right now. Can't wait to tell you about a brand new product that changed my life in 2021. And I know it's going to change yours in 2022. It's Chili Sleep. Now, listen up. Science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering our core body temperature. We're talking temperature controlled sleep. That's going to restore your testosterone levels, repair your muscles after a hard day's work, and even improve your cognitive function. So you always start your day feeling sharp and alert. Chili sleep makes customizable climate controlled sleep solutions that help you improve your entire well-being. Chili sleep makes the Uller and cube sleep system, both hydro powered, both temperature controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide your ideal sleep temperature. And I mean it. My family has the Euler. I like to keep my bed around 60 degrees. My wife wants to climb into an 80 degree bed, but then once she's off to sleep, it automatically drops down to somewhere in the sixties that she likes it, but then it'll warm her up to wake her up. She doesn't have to go ahead and do that every night. She gets to set it and forget it. These luxury mattress pads, keep your bed at the perfect temperature all night long for deep sleep, whether you sleep hot or cold or even both. 
These sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Imagine waking up and not feeling tired. Chili sleep can make that happen. And for an extra layer of comfort, they also make the chili blanket, the only weighted blanket that can also be paired with a control unit for the ultimate sweat-free sleep. This has been such a game changer in my life. As I'm talking to you right now, my wife and I are going on vacation tomorrow for her birthday. We have a travel chili sleep. I'm not kidding. We have a chili sleep we keep here at the house, and then we have one when we have to leave town. I don't want to sleep on a bed again without chili sleep. Head over to chilisleep.com forward slash DDP snake to learn more and check out a special offer available exclusively for DD snake pit listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili C H I L I sleep.com forward slash DDP snake to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. That's chili sleep.com forward slash DDP snake. Now let's get back to the program. You know, I, I was thinking about the camaraderie that you developed back in the day in Florida. There was this ratty ass holy T-shirt that was treasured more than money. And the way you got this shirt was by kicking the owner's ass. And it was the well, these were guys that I'd never get out of the car with. You know, the Briscoes and those guys, you know. <laughs> when you say we, get out of the car with fight. Right. That's what I mean. Not punch punch, no, no, he mean like, no, let's get the pull the fuck over. And and let's, see. A, let's see. Let's see. So we'd be no, drinking, no. we'd be drinking, and, and we'd be following them, and they'd pull over. Oh my God, they're gonna do it. And we'd pull over and get behind them, put the lights on them, and they'd get out and they next thing you know, this guy's cut and bleeding. They throw an arm around him, give him a beer, and hop back in the car. You didn't get the fucking shirt, did you? Hell no, but I got that. I want to point out because a lot of people know Jerry Briscoe, but they know him as being the clowns that him and that Vince did to him. Yeah. And Pat, the clown. Jerry Briscoe is one of the baddest men alive. Amen, bro. Breathing air. The baddest motherfucker. Out there. That's why I didn't want to lay on top yeah, Jack, of it. Both of them. That's both why of I did not want to lay on top of it. I thought something was going to happen to me. Yeah, the more the drink, they'd have that gleam in there. Oh, God. You're yeah. glassy. Oh, when they got glassy, like you know, Wahoo used to get out every now and then, too. That crazy son of yep. a bitch. Oh, Dude, that is the biggest hand I ever seen. Oh, he beat the shit. Exactly. Of vitamins. The, the paint. The spray paint on yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, we used to go around in his head and we, we'd leave a big circle oh, <laughs> he'd get so pissed off oh and god it all come off in the back yeah, i know but it didn't matter you know? <laughs> i had so much respect for him what a great athlete he oh, was yeah, yeah. yeah. what he play for the jets yeah, yeah. And, and the jets dolphins and, and dolphins dolphins too. Yeah. yes in college he bet he could run from stillwater to ou how far is that? 40, 50 miles. He bet a six-pack of beer. <laughs> he was in college. Right. By the time he had ran it, he was getting national coverage. Really? They brought cameras out, watching this crazy fucking Indian. When he played football, they'd say, tackle by who? That's Wahoo. Right. That's who. Mm, wow. He was a beast, man. Yeah. I, I remember those nights working for, for oh. Mr. Crockett here and I'd watch Flair and I'd watch Piper come in and their chest would just be bleeding. Yes. Because yes. Wahoo would take you out there and chop you so hard that you got giant blood blisters. Oh, I'm and sure. And by the end of the match, he'd bust them for you. 
<laughs> Thanks, Wahoo. You know what that's so like? glad I missed that. You know what that's like getting two or three nights in a row of that shit? Oh, my God. Another one that's good at that, uh, John Valentine. Oh, well, that was a, that's a different animal there. He was oh. a killer. Now, Johnny Valentine broke his back in, uh, in the flight. In the flight. Yeah. Crash. I was, yeah, he and I were on that. And he was telling me, he said, David, be glad you don't remember. So you got knocked you we got were, out. We, yeah, well, I, yeah, I had a real bad concussion. And he was saying we were the last two that took off the plane. He thought his legs were caught on metal underneath and he was trying to get him out he didn't realize that his back was broken mm. he could smell the fuel and he was saying that and all he was thinking is it's, it's going to blow fire right yeah and but he said david just be glad and i don't think there was ever a tougher man than johnny oh. and I. he yeah. enjoyed hitting you yes and he enjoyed you hitting him yeah he said the only time he ever was at peace of the Swinney was yeah. in that ring yeah. and said, so if you hit him hard enough, he'd get his cookies. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Busted mm-hmm. nut. Yep. Yeah. I'll tell you who else I've heard that from a good friend of ours, Scott Hall. He said, the only time I'm at peace. The only time I'm at peace. I heard him, heard him say it a million times. I have control. Right. Right. And that's true, folks. I mean, you can be at your worst physically or mentally. You can be sick as a dog. You, you can have horrible things happen at home when the bell rang and you went out there it wasn't there no more that's right right and it's your turn to glow and your turn to make people enjoy where they're at and at the same time you enjoy where you're at i mean uh, i've wrestled with broken bones i've wrestled with the peck that was torn in half friggin andre <laughs> I was going to get out and kick his ass, but I'm a nice guy, so I didn't. You kidding me? Holy shit. I'll tell you what happened that night. We were in Philadelphia, and I clotheslined Andre, which is stupid, Jake. What are you trying to clothesline that big son of a bitch for? Did you expect him to take a bump? Well, he didn't. He went through me. Right. When he went through me, oh, yeah. it ripped my peck in half. Oh. This is two o'clock in the afternoon. Ripped my peck in half. I went down on the mat then. I, I broke my shoulder. Right. I broke in my shoulder. And he reached down with one hand and grabbed my wrist and jerked me to my feet with the bad arm. Mm. I passed out. Passed out. Wow. And I woke up and he's got me in a bear hug going, it's okay, baby. It's okay. <laughs> he's fucking singing to me. I'm like, ring the bell. Ring the bell. Oh, my God. I'm such fucking pain. No. Okay, we don't ring the bell. Don't ring the bell. Don't ring the bell. <laughs> and not only did we finish that match, but that night at seven o'clock, we wrestled again in uh, Scranton, PA. Wow. You know, but that's the passion and the love. And that's one of the things that I think that this TV show that we've been talking about right. is starting to let the people have a little bit of taste of it. And right. showing a little bit of the background of what gets you there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, from watching all those years and being a big part of wrestling, the passion that the guys have. Oh, yes. Yes, and, and you know the frustrations yes. that you guys had. Yes, you know having to deal with attitudes and deal with with injuries and mm-hmm. just everything. And you you think you can count on one thing, and be goddamned if something doesn't happen. That one thing ain't there. But it's also the the ability for everyone to pitch in and make it happen. Absolutely. Look at Magnum. Yeah, absolutely. You know when he, when he had the car accident. Yeah. You know that all of a sudden everybody. 
pitched in yeah. and made it work. Yeah. I'll tell you, Mags, and oh. that that guy, if, yeah, and he Stinger, been, not to take anything, been, not, not take anything step, away you know, from Stinger. Apparent. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, not to take anything away from Stinger, you know, who is the right. franchise and all of it. But I, I don't know if it's the same exact run if Mags doesn't get in that car accident and doesn't end up. He and, would have been the guy. He yeah. Would, yeah, he yeah. would have been. Yeah, because he, he, he was had being to look. Groomed. The camera loved him. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's, yeah. you know. That the mustache. Yeah, yeah. so handsome. Uh, Stup- yeah. Stupid uh, uh, handsome. Uh, but he, <laughs> I didn't want to steal his gimmick. But I have to say, you too, the camera loved you. Yeah. Even, yeah. you know, your facial expressions, yeah. you would tell a story yeah. without saying anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate that very oh, much. Really? It was, it, I loved it, your interviews. Uh, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to tell you guys this, but I never had to think about that shit. It just came to me. And I would re- I would remember three or four words of a song. Right. And I'd throw that in there. Because I kind of went with the thought of, if I say something these people have heard before, they automatically believe it. So if you say several words from a song, they go, oh, yeah. And you think about it. Right. Like, I, know I remember yeah, when you I said, remember. and Dusty right. used to do that, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Do all the, and Superstar Billy Graham and Bob Dylan. To, to doing their you stuff, don't have man. to be the greatest writer. Just be smart enough to know where to steal your shit. Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so let's get let's get into when now it becomes WCW's, Ted Turner's WCW. How does that transition from where you're at and you guys got your guy. How does that happen? You see him shaking his head. No, I know. Oh but that's what I want to hear. Because yeah, no, how did no, that no. transition happen? How did it happen? Uh, it's called money. Necessity. That necessity for money. Time sales we had, but they weren't coming in on a regular basis. You know, 180 days, even longer. Yeah. And, and just goes on and on and on. And Ted Turner looks and says, you're a small fish. I'm a big fish, and I'm going to eat you up. And he said, I, if you don't sell to me, I'll kick you off, and I can stand it longer than you can. Truth. That's true. And guess what? He was right. Mm. So, you know, and I, you know, I'm going to say this. Jimmy had already made his deal with yeah. Ted. Uh, and he wanted it. I didn't. I didn't. I did. I did not. No. I respect you so I much more. I did not. I did not. And I, I, I fought it. Fought it. And then, as I called, was the mother card. My mother came to me and said, "David, you you're going to do this." I said, "It's not right." You're said, right. Yeah. And Rick Claire, Rick wasn't going to go. He said, mm-mm, mm-mm. "And I, I." trying to get some people lined up for it and I ran out of time and you know, it's the rest is history. But the thing is, Ted was the only one that wanted us. Nobody on the board of directors. Yeah, the, the, that company Nobody. never helped anybody no. in our business. Wait a minute. Then <laughs> Jack Petrick, he's the first one on the, on the board to get us. He, he didn't want us, but everybody saw, Oh, God, we can add this to their budget and this to their budget. And, 
you know, uh, for syndication and you name it, editing, all this. So, you know, we were, as far as paper money, as I call it, play money. Yeah. You know, they, they used us as cash cow. Yeah. You know, and made it their numbers look good. Our numbers looked horrible. Yeah, they did. And nothing worked until Bill Shaw, who was an, an original Turner guy, he was head of HR, and he said, I'll take it. Told Ted, I'll take it. And what year was that? Oh golly. Oh, don't ask for numbers. Shortly after yeah. that, uh he uh, paid Hogan to come over. Okay, because I remember because that's where Bischoff had told me right. that he had the idea of bringing Hulk in. Right. And let's go before that. Let's go to the Disney thing where we're going to go to Disney. And that was Eric. Yeah, it was Eric. And freaking what else did the Olympics? Right. Because well, okay. we thought the traffic yeah. was going to be super bad yeah. and go down there. And that Eric had told me that, as I remember, I remember this right. 20 well, some years ago. I can tell you about Disney. Yeah, he said, this is what we went down there. He said, "Uh, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to set up, you know, right at the entrance of Disney MGM. I said, sure, sure. He said, no, that's what I want you to do. And I went, "Eh, okay. You know, and so I I got with uh, our our people and we figured it out. And that's what we did. We set it up, you know, uh, at the entrance. So Disney MGM, we use their editing facilities there, you know, for editing, you know, the matches and so forth. Wow. Set tapes back to Atlanta. And we were there for six weeks. Yes, yeah. six weeks. Yeah. yeah, we stayed at the Marriott Suites, I think it was. And the resident, the resident, yeah, resident, 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 resident yeah. suites, yeah. Yeah. We're down there for six weeks. And I uh, I remember Bish Tellers. Remember the restaurant? Yeah, that was a great, that was that was a great restaurant. Um but that was, uh, what year was that? Was that 93. Six, right? Yeah. 93? 90, 93 is when Shaw took over. Okay. Yeah. yeah the but, Olympics, but, the Olympics but, were. Oh, the Olympics were 96. 96. Yeah. 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 Um, so let me ask you, let's go back a little farther than that. Um, because this is how I was brought, originally brought up my gram into this. Um, and what had happened was, I want to say, I don't remember exactly what year it was, but there was a year where Dusty left. And he left, I don't know if it was when WCW um, came together. This is before he ever went to WWF, because he came to Florida. All right. And he when Jack Petrick took over, he brought Jim Hurd in. <laughs> right. The pizza guy, right? Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> he, uh, you know, and he was an old military guy, and Mm. He he and Dusty clash. Uh, yeah, clash. You know he wanted. You know it's, it's black and white. It's, there's no right. gray, and you're going to do it this way, and that's just not what you do. Yeah. And so dreams. Is, so this is how my initial time I meet Dusty. Right. But I don't get to meet him yet. Um, Mike Graham calls me probably about 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'm a nightclub guy, so I'm up till 3 or 4, but I got to get to bed because I got an early flight. Because so, I work for the AWA one day a week, one day one day a month, and we film four TVs. I got strep throat, and I hear my phone go off, and I'm just going to let it go to the answer machine. Then I hear Michael's voice. EDP, pick up the phone. It's Michael Graham. 
Hyman, wake up if you're sleeping. Wake up. Come on. Pick up the phone. I'm sitting here with Dusty Rhodes. I go, hey, Mike. How you doing? It's like, uh, he goes, I'm sitting here with Dusty Rhodes. We're going to pop Florida. Dusty's coming back in. We're going to pop the territory. And, you know, these talk, we're talking about Gary Hart, talking about Baby Doll. And, mm-hmm. you know, we want to see, uh, you know, yeah, I, I've been telling them about you. You know, you're a young face, that you know, fresh face, really hasn't been seen that much. I said, he goes, I want you to get on the phone and treat him like the biggest mark ever. Cut a promo on him. I go, Mike, Mike, I got strapped throat. I got nothing prepared. I go, put, put my tape in. He goes, VCR is broken. You're up. Good God, Dusty Rose, the tower power, the money. Man, I went on, I stole everything he ever said, Albano, myself, whatever, for about 30 seconds. I said, that's all I got. <laughs> I got strep throat. Silence. Dusty? Dusty? I think he fucking hung up or something, right? And then I hear, was that a recording kid? <laughs> <laughs> and he went, we ended up talking and he, he brought me up there that next week when I came back from AWA because I'm still running my nightclub in Fort Myers, Florida. I quit my day job. I'm not making any money. And uh, he brought me up there and he asked me about myself. I told my story. Gordon Soley was there. Michael Graham was there. Steve Kern was there. And uh at the end, he said, well, i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to make you the Jeff Ventura of the 90s. And I said, color commentating? Dusty, I don't know a wrist lock or a wristwatch. I said, I, I can't do that. He said, no, don't worry about it. Gordon Foley going to walk you through it all. And uh, that's how I got up there. Uh, and that's where I bought He's got him stretched over the road. Oh, that's very good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the 13 oh, he, different languages. Yeah, he always had the medical term. Yes, like, yes. Holy shit, this guy should operate for the me. The third minute parcel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it should be outlawed. This definitely goes to the brain. Oh, <laughs> but, but, but Mike and I got really tight over that period. And I was there for, you know, I'd be up there every Tuesday to film TV. And at some point dust left because right. they never bopped, yeah. but they went up there and they made, I, I look at, when I look at Dusty, it was John Wayne meets Elvis, you know, who was charismatic humans alive yeah. and they put him in polka dots, yeah. which was like it's the big John Wayne that, meets yeah. Elvis. That was that's horrible. all it was about. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the same reason they put Dustin is gold dust. Right. Mm-hmm. It was all about humiliation. One thing Vince McMahon did that it just made me want to throw up is when you got ready to leave, or if you really wanted that job, he wanted to humiliate you. He wanted to break your spirit. And that's just fucking wrong, man. No, but that both- sucked. Look at look at Terry Taylor, the red. No, I know, I know. Yeah, he was. That was a hell of a worker. Stories, you know, and that's you know, that's my only bitch about Vince, man. Uh, Yeah, he screwed me on some money. Yeah, he could have done this. He could have done that. That's okay. But when you try to break a man's spirit and humiliate, why is that? Why? Why? Why is your dick so little that you have to? All right, let's not go there. Yeah, that's right. right. (laughs) The bottom line is. Both those guys, got uh, both those guys got that gimmick over. Yeah, 
you know, what, what, you know, a great worker. Can. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Fucking Dusty got it over and they, Dusty. In the, in, in, in the beginning, they were supposed to put him with like some super hot blondes and stuff. And mm-hmm. what they do, mm-hmm. they give him the girl from Kansas city, the older black lady. Oh yeah. And he made it work. Yeah. She was great. He and he made, made it work. work. He made it work. A great worker can. Yeah. Right. So, you know, the, the bottom line is I got a, I had a really strong relationship with, with Mike and he was my first pay-per-view um, with me and him. I think it's like 92. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Conrad, because I know you will. Uh, I, could, I think it was 92. And it, I want to say, and this, I know this is wrong, but I know Bill Kazmaier's in the match. And I want to say Jushin Thunder Liker for some reason, but because my brain thinks that. But when Mike Graham hears, he, he looks at the sheet, he's, he's tagging with Diamond. When you find out you're tagging with Diamond Dallas Page, you know your career's over. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. Uh, and the crazy part. <laughs> brother. Brother. Uh, the Starcade 91 is what it was. Starcade 91 in Virginia. It was Battle Bowl. And you're exactly right. It was, uh, it was a, a tag team match as you laid it out. Bill Kazmaier was teaming with Jushin Thunder Liger, which feels like a fever dream uh, to take what? on DDP and Mike Graham. That, wow. that, is that the craziest tagging of, yes. of those Why? two? I, again, what did they do wrong? <laughs> I, have no, I have no idea how it happened. But again, me and Mike were so tight. I, I would drive on the road sometimes with him and Barry Wyndham. Yeah. Those two some bitches. I had to get out of the car because I because I'm keeping up with them. Yeah, you, can't you know, and you can't keep up yeah. with those guys. No. By the third day, I'm like, guys, I love you. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, I got to go recover. <laughs> but when Jake came in, when we when we started filming the resurrection of Jake the Snake, right before it, Jake and I are talking a lot because he's going to come down and we're getting ready to come down and see him because I want to document everything. Because I, I just saw it. He's going in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be brought back to who, how he should be remembered. Right. You know, and that was my goal because everything he had done for me. But that night, right before we're coming down, yeah. Michael Graham had killed himself. And man, ooh, that hurt. That hurt big time. And Jake, his, his, he show you how fucked up his state of mind was back then. He's like, why couldn't it have been me? Yeah. Mm. Like, Jake was, was so... I was it, so far down, I would be, I'd get angry when I would hear that somebody else had died. In fact, I'm ashamed to tell you folks this. I went to Sherry Martell's funeral. And Sherry and I had a long, long history. A long history. And they asked me to say a few words. And I got up there and I said, Sherry, I thought we were friends. And you left me behind. Fuck you. Really? Wow. That just shows you where your head was, though, bro. So not anymore. So not anymore, bro. Well, Mr. That's Crockett, a- we started this episode talking about family and wrestling families, and both you and Jake come from wrestling families. And as this is airing, we're about a month away from the one year anniversary of the passing of your brother. And he sort of said that maybe he had made his deal already with Turner, but you come from a, a whole bunch of wrestling folks, you know, Jackie's running around and of course we got right. Francis and your dad and. Just talk to us about, 
you know, I know you don't know any different, but we're talking a lot about heels and the, and the DWL and the spade family. How challenging was it to grow up in a wrestling family with, you know, the, the, one of the, the really power players once upon a time of the NWA and your dad, as the legend goes, ran his business out of a shirt pocket. And he then, did. and then you and your brother <laughs> just blew that thing up, man. Yeah, it, it, he did. Uh, and once he passed away, the banks and everybody looked at at us and going, well, this is going to fail, you know, and it didn't, but you know, to, you know, dad also, he did not want me in the business. Really? Yeah. Did not. Yeah, my he wanted somebody want me outside there. the business. Right. You know, my sister's married John Ringley and he was in the business, Jimmy, uh, he was in the business then and then Jackie, he was there and I was the only one still single. That's when, you know, you know, I was in college and, and, you know, but he just said, you know, I don't want you here. You know, somebody needs to look at the other side. And to well, me, he also had a baseball team too. Yeah. Charlotte O's. Yeah. Yeah. Double a baseball. Right. Yeah. It was good. But the, the thing is, I, I wanted to do the television end. That's what I wanted. And, uh, but, you know, unfortunately he passed away and, and, you know, they, they wanted me to come in and, and the rest is history. I renovated the ballpark, got the team there. Next thing was created our television production company, uh, got a, a television truck from Eastern North Carolina, ripped everything out of it, put tape machines in. Uh, a dubbing facility and uh, interviews and you name it. We were cranking away. I remember, yeah. I remember as a kid, again, just like in Florida, my father coming to see your dad and he had to go up some back stairs. Ah, yeah. East Moorhead. Yeah. Mom kicked him out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> she had white carpet, had white carpet, wall to wall carpet. And it was raining. Oh, and guess what? The guy came through, didn't take the shoes off or wiped their feet. It's kind, of, it's kind of like Stacy's in DWL. Yeah. She's about to put him on the couch soon. Yeah, man. You know, he's getting ready for the couch. Yeah, and they just kicked Wild Bill out. Right? Yeah, right. He's in a hotel. Right. And they were gone next week. Yeah, the opposite. So it went to East Morehead. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy to me that you just showed up here and I just, I'd heard you were coming, but we've already been doing this for week after week, just reviewing the heels and then royalty of, <laughs> yeah. of of our business yeah. comes in who did exactly what these guys are trying to do. You well, know, Jake, all right. You're from a wrestling family. Yeah. Your dad. Yeah. You know, it's a dictatorship Yeah, that with my father, you know, his word was law. You know, yeah. if, if he said jump. Well, my father never raised me. Yeah. I'd visit him a couple of times, you know, and, uh, I'm fortunate that I'm glad that he didn't raise me. You know, I stayed with him for about 10 months one time and mm -hmm. it was not good. I don't want to go into that right now. It's a whole different story, but yeah, I had to fight him to get into this business. In fact, he calls a lot of territories and right. said, if he tries to come in there, do not hire him. Yeah. And who did? Yeah. Eddie but, Graham. Yeah, not, I, and I was so on. bad at wrestling. Yeah. Then he says, you're at the referee. Six foot six referee. Yeah, that was a problem. <laughs> but what you learned. I didn't realize it was with Eddie that he started. I knew you started. I started Bill Watts, but 
I started wrestling and I was so bad that he said, I can't put you out there in the ring. You know, I, I love you and, you're, and you just keep doing what you're doing and you'll get it. You'll get it. And I remember Jacksonville, Florida, him coming up to me. I was behind the stage looking out the curtain at the matches. I hadn't showered, nothing. I went you know, from the ring right to the curtain and watched the next match. Right. And he walked up behind me and poked me and he turned around and said, yes, sir, Mr. Grimm. He goes, you're getting it, kid. Away, another, another another water tower moment. Yeah, that's a water tower moment. And he, he let me stay in Florida for about seven months, which was incredible. Because I think the longest I'd stayed any place was like two months. Right, I was that bad because I'd never been in the ring other than refereeing, and never locked up with anybody. But when Bill Watts fired me for being too tall and being too big for being a referee. That being a friend that he wanted to put in there, mm-hmm. I was forced out of Louisiana, and I, I was setting up the rings and, and doing everything. And um, I, I wish that that all the kids that are trying to wrestle had to referee first. Right? No, I they agree. Learn yeah. so yes. much. Yes, you do. And you also learn how to act in front of people when the lights on you. Right where to stand in the ring when something's happened. So you're not in the fucking way, Jake. <laughs> you know? And not blocking the camera. Right. Right. <laughs> and look at the camera and look, be, be in the right. right position. So you're not got your ass to the camera, you know, I mean, right. you learn so much. And, um, and I'm very grateful for that because I don't think I would have ever made it. I didn't realize that that's where you really started. God. And, you know, just like it's easy to have seen something in the rock, you know, but when he came in, he called me and he was like, where do you see this guy? Rocky Maivia. He said, he's so good looking. I don't know if I want to fight, fight him or fuck him. him. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. he came to WCW for a little while and, and. Rocked yeah, it? Yeah, came through. How the hell did and, I not remember and, that? And well, he didn't wrestle for. Him. Oh, okay. And nobody wanted to look at him. Mm. Wow. I bet that person's pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because Jake. You know, and I when I finally got to meet the Rock, I was up in Canada for we had a pay per view the next day, and they had a Saturday show. And you know, no one ever goes to the show if they're less looking for a job. Yeah, right. but. I, I just signed a multi-million dollar deal. I just got paid for the first time ever in the business. So I wasn't going anywhere. But show, big show, you know, uh, Paul White, he was the champ. They just brought him up. He put me over strong on the way out. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much raised him early on in the business, got him ready for Hogan because I was down the power plant every day because they weren't doing anything with me. So I wanted to go and see his match. And I saw Pat Patterson on the plane and he put me over because I first met Pat because I um, I freaking did the, the Cadillac, the, the 62 yeah, Cadillac, yeah, yeah, drove it in WrestleMania, WrestleMania, but I didn't talk to him. And then when, um, when um, I can't remember why Pat was down there, he was there to watch someone work on some you know right. match parts, and he was at the Sportatorium in Florida. And so came in there and, you know, and, and Freddie Blassie, I'd, I'd sent him a tape of what I was doing at AWA. Right. And he said that to Pat, he gave, brought it to Pat. Pat's like, ah, he's got a great look. He's got a great mouth, but he's six foot eight. You know, he can't put him out there as a manager. So I was dead. 
in as far as that was concerned. Yeah. So now it's eight years later and freaking I've wrestled for, you know, I'm, you know, it's 98. It's been a hell of a run. And he, he puts me over on the plane and, Hey, if you want to come by, come on by. Never thinking I'm going to come by, and I did. <laughs> and they rushed me up to the top booth where Big Show had his family because his wife Bess is from Canada, so he had a full, you know, private booth. But afterwards, Big Show says, "Do you want to meet The Rock?" And I said, "I said, yeah, I'd love to meet the guy. You know, Jake really put him over. He's, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to talk to him." So we go in there. We're going to Leo and the. <laughs> We go in the locker room and big show and, and those ones in Canada, the where the Sky Dome is, mm. you know, they're huge, huge locker room and no one's in there. And big show goes, Rock, you're still here. Yeah, I'm in the shower. He goes, good. I got a huge Mark who's dying to meet you. <laughs> you fuck. You know? Thanks for the intro. <laughs> yeah. And I said, yeah, I don't want to meet you unless you're naked and you're all soapy. And I swear <laughs> to God, you know, you know, the rock knows, knows the voice, right? Yeah. But not in that building. So I've rock sticks his head around the corner and he's full of signs, oh. you know, and he goes, ah, oh, diamond up right out. So, you know, eventually he comes out and we're sitting and talking. And I said, you know, uh, Jake told me, you know, you're going to be a big star in this business. And he said it about me in 93 and to be perfectly honest. I didn't believe him, but it gave me an inner belief in myself. He said the same thing about Austin before he was ever stone cold. Right. He said about you and Jake said, and, uh, and rock said, yeah, oh, Jake's got a great eye for talent. Look, I bring this up because when I'm thinking about Eddie Graham, yeah. he saw that thing in you, you know? And then I told him about the fight him or fuck him line and he popped and then I said, uh, you know, one of the things you did recently, and I caught you in an interview, and you were the rock this and the rock that, and then you went back to this guy being himself. The rock this, the rock that, and you went back to being this guy. And I thought, maybe I said, man, that's, that's, that shit's cool. I can't wait to watch your char character grow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And now I'm leaving, and I'm almost to the door, and all of a sudden I hear, hey, Diamond. And Big Show gets out of my way, and I can see the rock. You know, he's got the mullet sideburns. He's 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 putting on one of his $1,500 Versace shirts. I can see him rolling in the character, right? He goes, you know, Diamond, there's only one people's champion. And Big Show's like, oh, you know? And I just deadpanned him. And I went, you know, Rock, you're right. And you, well, you're looking at him. Oh, <laughs> I was out the door. And, uh, it, it was you don't a, want to get in the bullshit throwing contest with wrestling. No, no, no. only happens once with each individual. <laughs> but just the guy seeing talent like Jake saw it in the rock. And it was, it's easy to say, oh, big, good looking guy, but there's something there. And it took a while to bring it out of him right. to be himself. Yeah. And you know, anybody who's ever really gotten over. It's just themselves exaggerated and magnified. You know, magnified. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you, know, you were talking about Steve Austin. When we were down at Disney, mm -hmm. working down there, some Disney people were looking at some of the wrestlers and they wanted him to be Dennis the Menace. <laughs> I am, and he left shortly after that. Yeah, he would have uh, left, he would, he would left I, immediately. I, he would have uh, left immediately. Oh, yeah. He should have never told me that. <laughs> <laughs> David Crockett said. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, that was stupid on their part. You, you talked about the tapes, too, right? You know, when I used to film everything. 
And Austin and I drove together a lot, especially early on, right up until he left, until he tore his tricep. One night, we're playing the tapes. And then I hear, ah, ah, brother, and Steve doing Gordon Soley, uh -huh. you know, and then Nash comes in and then Raven comes in and, and friggin' Mick Foley, Steven Regal, all these guys started laying color, but Steve was in the Gordon spot. Mm -hmm. They would come in and do it and they were so amazing. But every night I just overtaped them, never thinking, oh, oh, right. but a, right before he left, I thought to myself, what the fuck am I doing? I got to start saving this shit. So I had, it was a match between me and Pillman. And, you know, Austin, oh God, he ribbed me so hard through this match. It, it was amazing. I go, I'm starting the Austin tapes. So I took it from the little tape and I put it on the VCR. And then he got, he tore his tricep and then Bishop let him go. And I was like, wow. no, not that guy. Don't let that guy go, yeah. you know? But uh, I, I, if I could have had them all, those fuckers would have been worth money. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mr. Crockett, First, we can't thank you enough, uh, enough for your time today. This was an unexpected surprise, but given that we've been talking I, about wrestling families, this was awesome. I have enjoyed it. 100%. I have to me too, brother. Me too, man. Thank you. God, thank you. Good timing. Thank you, Tony Schiavone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good idea to start this. <laughs> so next week, we'll be talking about episode five. And of course, we're going to work wrestling and we're going to work life into it. Conrad and I got on the phone the other day and we just started going all over the place. So I can promise you, as this goes on, you're never going to know really where we're going. We <laughs> might even talk to you about cameos. Why do we talk to you about cameos? Well, I'll tell you why. <laughs> Let them know, Jay. It's a lot of fun, man. Let me quit your job for you. <laughs> let me break up with your girlfriend. Oh, let me, let me split with your wife. Oh, yeah. I can do it better than you, and you don't have to waste your breath. And one of the I've things I've had lots of practice breaking up. And one of the things you got to know if we see on there that you went through iTunes, which means iTunes takes 30% off the top before yeah. Cameo takes 25. So neither Jake or I are going to say, we're going to say, yes, Thanks. we're going to, what we're going to do is decline and say, we'd love to do your cameo, but those bastards at Apple take 30% from us before cameo takes 25. So go to cameo.com and you can get the pep talk. You can get the, Why some of the fire the horses, but when you can speak to the horse's head, perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> We'll be back next week with horse heads and all. In the meantime, if you need to hear from Jake or DDP, go to cameo.com. We'll see you next week right here on DDP Snake Pit. See ya. Bye. Bye. <laughs>